Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm single. It is true. He's uh, His name is Bell, and ladies, he is, in fact, single. And and ready to mingle? Uh, Sure. <laughs> Mingling is definitely on the table. Well, I'll tell you what, man. This is a good place to mingle. Of course, the Flash TV Talk podcast talking the CW's hit series, The Flash. And uh, man, we've got some great stuff to talk about tonight with this episode. But before we do that, we want to give mention to two uh, things. The first of which is that we are a member of the DC TV Talk Network. If you've never headed over to dctvtalk.com, uh, be sure to do it. Check out some other great DC TV talking podcasts for all your DC TV podcasting needs. That's dctvtalk.com. Also, I want to give a shout out, man, to uh, Derek. Now, this is not the Derek Russell of Earth 2, who is sometimes enemy, sometimes friend of the show. Uh, no, this is, uh, this is listener Derek, who has uh, just signed up to help support the show over at patreon.com slash tvtalk. Big ups to Derek, our new hero. Excellent. Thank you, Derek. We really appreciate your support. Absolutely. So, uh, by the way, if you would like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash tvtalk. Guarantee yourself some great quality content every single week. There's an episode of The Flash. You get the in-depth, hard-hitting, professional even podcasting that comes from Bell and myself here. And then also, you know, sometimes uh, we got the jokes, but we don't. We try not to let the jokes get in <laughs> in the way of the, you know, the commentary. And that's that's how we do here. Yes. Speaking of commentary, Bell, let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. <laughs> Episode 11 of Season 4, The Elongated Night Rises, directed by Alexandra LaRoche, and story by Sterling Gates and Thomas Pound. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, in prison, Barry is seen using his speed in the middle of a prison riot to secretly help the guards contain the other inmates. The next day, Barry meets Axel, the trickster's son, who was later broken out of prison by his mother. Axel then challenges Ralph by threatening to cause chaos in the city. Ralph accepts the challenge and attempts to stop him, but is wounded by Axel and is rescued by Cisco. Later, Ralph sneaks into the prison to talk to Barry about how scared he is, and Barry reassures him that being a hero isn't about not being scared, but about having the ability to rise above your fear. Meanwhile, Cisco and Caitlin go to rescue the hostages, but get captured by Axel, who intends to kill them. Ralph arrives in the nick of time and attempts to shield the two from an acid shower until Wells manages to neutralize the acid. Iris visits Barry in prison, where they reaffirm their love for one another. Ralph and Sisko go to get coffee, where they meet the excitable girl from Barry and Iris' wedding. Shortly after, we see the girl write in her journal, where she appears to be writing in the language Barry was using when he came out of the Speed Force. Dun, dun, dun! Alright man, this is a great episode. There's a lot to kind of unpack here. And it is kind of all over the place. In fact, one could say it is tricky, trick-a-raka, trick-a-raka, trick-a-roo. Yes. I don't know the other words. Otherwise, I would have tried to rip off of that. <laughs> not a problem, man. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, we, I think we, we would be remiss if we did not point out that this uh, this episode does pay a great homage to the original 90s uh, series with bringing back the character of Prank uh, portrayed by Kareen Borer. And man, I know that I'm probably butchering that name, but you know, I'm dyslexic and that's just what I'm going to say about that. But Man, stepped back into this role. Uh, for those that were wondering, that was not Photoshop. That was actually uh, taking a screenshot or, or promotional images, rather, from the 90s series of her and Mark Hamill as Prank and Trickster. 
that's pretty neat. Like I, I, I was sitting there looking at her going, I've seen her before. Where have I seen her before? And then I was like, oh, okay, that's prank. I see. <laughs> I love the way that they have really established these characters uh, and, and, you know, pulled from the images, pulled from the lore of the 90s series. And man, it even got me thinking, you know, like if, if they're going to continue kind of leaning in this way, uh, especially with kind of the themes that we're seeing in this half of the season with Barry actually being in prison. You know, I think about the end of season one and how Barry saw in the Speed Force, the Flash Museum, and he saw him basically being exactly where he was this episode. And then we also saw John Wesley ship Flash, which which was Barry Allen. I'm wondering if what they may do at some point is have John Wesley ships Jay Garrick go back in time in our Earth and actually fight like a younger, ver- like, like use clips of that or something like that, or have him go on a mission to the past to really kind of tie in what we saw before, like in the costume and everything. That would be kind of neat, right? Is that, is that too much of a stretch? No pun intended because we haven't even gotten there yet. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it could be, it could be fun. I don't know. I, I just love the fact that they're, they've kind of continued this, uh, uh, nod to the original series and, and really utilize what was there. But of course, prank was very much a, a Harley Quinn to tricksters Joker. Yes, very much got that vibe, which is kind of funny because Mark Hamill also voiced the Joker. Yeah, that was that was definitely what they were going for there. And I was kind of curious as to whether or not we might see Mark Hamill show up. But uh, obviously, you know, that wasn't going to be in the cards. Oh, no, no. Trickster's out on an island somewhere. He's just looking out into the sea <laughs> and he's waiting for for young Tricky Rocker, Tricky Rocker, Trickaroo to come out and bring him his, uh, you know, his, his prank uh, rubber chicken and hold it out to him so that he could turn around and pull back his bathrobe and. Uh, you know, pick up the rubber chicken and throw it over his shoulder. I was thinking that what would happen is we would see a projection of Trickster. Uh, and like, so, you know, elongated man is trying to fight him, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, he can't touch him because he's just a projection. It's interesting because the last time that we saw Trickster, Mark Hamill was, I mean, I know he was going through his training and everything for The Last Jedi and, and you know, I guess not even that, right? Like, I think he was he was going through the training at that point or had just finished the training for... Uh, the Force Awakens, but he was in better shape in The Last Jedi than he was. I mean, I could be wrong, but then he was when he was on the Flash, right? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Jedi robes are kind of concealing yeah. and don't <laughs> necessarily, you know, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you can't really see exactly what's going on there. So there's something to be said that the Jedi robes are very, uh, uh, are very uh, complimentary in that way. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he would. There would almost be almost a youthful nature of seeing Trickster a little bit more prime time than he was as more of this kind of back end player, and and not necessarily washed up villain. I mean, he was kind of Silence of the Lambs in his approach. I, you know, we'll see him again. I think if if nothing else, this does seem to imply that we'll see him again. In fact, I want to say that Prank even nodded that it might be two years. Right at the end of the episode, she was like, you know, he'll break us out in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's I wonder I wonder if that's a little nod to the audience there or if that's just like a, just a throwaway kind of line. Well, here's something I noticed, too. Right. So with the trickster, uh, both trickster junior and trickster senior, typically when we are dealing with trickster on this show, it's typically trickster senior. That's the one that's going up against Barry with junior being more of a sidekick esque role. Uh, we've seen Mark Hamill's portrayal of the trickster twice. We've only seen junior once before. So the fact that now junior is coming back out in his kind of prime time role, yes, prank is there, but she seems more of, you know, it's, it's more about her kind of getting her son out of prison and everything else. And she's trying to actually stop her son uh, from going out and, and trying to be his father and everything else. And she wants him to kind of go and, you know, be his own man, so to speak. 
I'm I, I find it interesting that when Trickster gets his kind of time to shine, he doesn't go up against the Flash. He's actually going up against the elongated man. Well, yeah, because you know Barry's in prison. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? It's amateur hour with with the Flash kind of moved to the side. We've got kind of the amateur hero going up against the amateur villain, but definitely somebody who is to be reckoned with. I mean, we see him going off to do some pretty serious murder. Prank even kind of mentions, oh, it's been so long since I've murdered anybody. <laughs> you know, he's, he's throwing the throwing stars. He's got this like crazy poisonous melt your face acid. He's not messing around. Well, but the, the, you know, that's the interesting thing to me is like, I don't, I don't see why, why Cisco, who is a more experienced hero in this, in this situation, isn't the one they're sending out to, you know, go and assist. Like, is it, I guess, is he just focused right now on trying to come up with some kind of way to get Barry out of prison so he can't work, uh, you know, the streets essentially like, like, uh, like Dibney can. Okay. So this was exactly my thought as well. Like, you know, when it comes down to it, Cisco's an A-list hero, or at least he should be. In the DC TV universe, um, you know he's he's been doing this just as long, if not longer, than some of you know Arrow's characters. I mean, he's uh, he's up there during the crossovers and everything. He's fully suited up. Typically, when there's something going down, he does end up being the B team. So why would he not move up to A team in the absence of the Flash? Or you know, I don't know, Wally come back and maybe be the Flash. Oh, I'm, I got more to talk about Wally, but I'm going to save that for later. Because <laughs> there's, right, right, there's, right. there's a lot that I really love about this episode, man. I mean, you know, the fact that we even see Barry benched in such a way. Um, you know, I mean, he's over there. He's in the prison. He's thinking, get busy running. I'll get busy dying. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> he's uh, he's living his own Shawshank esque redemption. And as we talked about last episode walking in the footsteps of his father. Loved that he carved his name into the uh, the wall, similar to the Brooks Red. I mean, th- by the way, there's going to be some Shawshank Redemption references throughout this podcast because there was during the episode, at least in subtle nods. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Barry to request some soap. No, 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 no. Like, I'd, I'd like to tell you that Barry, <laughs> Barry Allen walked away from that fight. I'd like to tell you a lot of things. <laughs> But no, man. So we actually start things off with Barry in the midst of this prison riot. Um, the uh, the prison, uh, how that riot came to be, I, would be kind of an interesting story. It seems like things got out of hand pretty quickly. Well, geez, it seems like prison riots is like every other Tuesday for that prison. <laughs> the, 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 the you know warden guy comes in when Barry is out on the yard, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I see you. You know, you had your first prison riot. It's always hard the first week, and it's like what like." prison riots are hardest your first week or like are there multiple prison riots every week like what is what what is the deal i I got the impression that this is something that happens regularly at iron heights (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it uh it did seem like uh this was almost just par for the course at this point like somebody had gone around and handed out toilet paper to everybody beforehand because we're going to roll the prison at the same time (laughs) like yeah yeah and then somebody handed out screwdrivers so that the guy or or at least that dude's maybe a meta and just yanked the radiator off the wall i don't know well that's something right i mean that the could very well be that there are some uh some 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 metas in the midst of this prison and maybe as time goes on we'll see barry having to deal with that you know last week you mentioned that barry was going to that you thought he was going to take the road of holding himself back and forcing himself to stay in prison despite everything that's going on and that's very much what we saw him do even in the midst of this riot he's trying not to engage and he's only looking for moments where he can do it without kind of giving himself up uh, and, and, you know, and in so doing, proving his innocence, right? Because if he was to go out and save the day, all of a sudden, everybody realizes he's the Flash and it sheds some, you know, grander light onto the entire uh, reason why he's in prison in the first place. 
Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of interesting, right? Uh, you know, I don't know if him outing himself as the Flash would necessarily exonerate him from this murder, um, because it would make a lot of the things that are, that, you know, we talked about this last episode in the, in the trial of the Flash, a lot of the things that were suspect, um, it kind of makes those make more sense, you know? Where it's like, oh, well, if he's the Flash, that's how he was able to get from, you know, Joe's house to his apartment in a mere matter of moments and all these other things that were kind of weird uh about that evidence so you know it it doesn't necessarily exonerate him but i think you know you're right him just not using his powers not outing himself and only helping when uh no one's watching really sort of leads to his case he's like oh well if he was guilty and he wanted to run away he had all these opportunities to do so and he never did uh so it's it's kind of you know kind of like his dad he's being the model ideal prisoner because he knows that he did nothing wrong and that you know this will look good on him in the future for like appeals and things like that yeah i mean even the warden himself was there's almost like an affinity, like like he almost has this affection for Barry, and and the fact that he is a model prisoner like his father, which was even mentioned, uh, you know, it, it does seem to be following him. And not only that, but the actions of his father as something of a, you know, well, not even something, a good man that was wrongfully imprisoned and still doing right by those around him. We're introduced to this character of Big Sir, uh, who comes in, this huge dude, and uh, is looking out after Barry. And you come to find out the reason is because Henry Allen saved his life back in the day yeah and uh his name is also goldberg because it's goldberg the wrestler like the greatest wrestler with like the longest unbroken winning streak in the history of the wwf uh, okay so i gotta tell you i'm not a wrestling guy but but the dude like the size of the dude compared to everybody else around him seemed like this must have been some kind of stunt casting of some sort like i was like well this guy's either gonna someday become like this meta or this is like some sort of stunt casting that i don't get yeah no it's yeah he's a wrestler uh i i, I should say wwe wwf is what it was called when he was in it i you know i'm kind of surprised they didn't do this but his whole thing was he would he would spear you to the ground uh like that was his big special move he never did it and i was kind of sad and maybe that's because you know he as a as an actor is trying to distance himself from his persona as goldberg the wrestler but uh, i think that would have been a nice little call out to his fans interesting okay well fair enough it's it's a good it's a good kind of way to do some stunt casting there uh because the the character of you know big sir is actually a character from the dc comics and is much true to the name this kind of big dude i mean the guy looks like this you know very broad shoulders the head's kind of you know forced down into his chest think about like the kingpin the marvel kingpin and that's kind of the look uh, in in the midst of you know uh, bright, all right. Here here's what it is. Think Kingpin, but wearing Thanos costume, and that's what you got with Big Sur on DC Comics. <laughs> and so who knows, man? We may end up seeing this dude, uh, uh, you know, being more of a character beyond just kind of this uh, this one guy that Henry Allen once saved. I mean, obviously, you know, he did say everything was squared between him and Barry, but then Barry helped him out in a very interesting way. Uh, we saw Barry doing, speaking of Marvel, kind of a quicksilver use of his powers, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've ever seen before. No, he's always been very direct with how he uses his, his speed force powers. This, you know, he'll hit somebody really fast or he'll go and I mean, he, he's he's uh, he's taken bullets out of the air and, and done stuff like that. He has. I don't think he's altered the trajectory of a bullet to make it hit someone else. But, yeah, this is one of those, you know, I'm going to move your hand here and, and this here and make you guys hit each other. or I'm going to dodge and make you hit a wall or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I want to say that's the first time we've seen him use his powers in that manner, which, which was which was pretty cool. It was nice to see. Yeah, man. Like the fact that he would go like. I want to say that it's because of the surroundings and the setting. His power set is being forced to, or he's being forced to use his power set in a way that he never has before. And so it's almost like he's unlocking things 
that he never even thought to do before. Like, like slow down time and just make it look like nothing happened. I mean, that was the beauty of the Quicksilver scene of X-Men uh, Days of Future Past when we were first introduced to you know, that, that on-screen interpretation of, of that Marvel uh, speedster. You know, the, the goal here was to try to make it, or at least <laughs> Quicksilver's mindset was to try to make everything look as though he was never involved. Whereas the Flash up until this point has been very much, you know, got the red costume on, the lightning is blazing, like he is very much a hero in the truest of DC senses. He's not trying to hide up until now. And so I'm kind of curious to see if we get to see more of these type of moments. And if it's even something that we might see him playing with once eventually he gets out of prison, uh, even if it's just to mess around with Team Flash. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be fun to see. He goes in there and, and pranks him and stuff like Moose cheers out from under like everyone as they're sitting down together and just moves them all out and they all fall down. Something like that. It'd be, <laughs> be funny. It'd be great, man. Uh, we do get a, a nice touching moment between him and Iris uh, at the end when she actually comes to visit him. In fact, the moment where he picks up the phone and, and looks at her, uh, it felt like that was the very scene that was a nod uh, that we saw from the first season. Um, but we you know when they're talking and, and they're, they're sharing this beautiful moment and then she says, you know, but I can't touch you. And we see him finding that moment again as the camera moves away to slow down time, phase through the wall, phase through the mirror, and touch hands. Now, Bell, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I think through doing this, we're seeing him using essentially three flash powers at once. Uh, well, so he's phasing, he's slowing down time. What's the third? When he's bringing Iris in, I mean, it's the it's the Speed Force DMs from last week because she's experiencing oh. time in the same way that he is. Yeah, I just always assumed that was just because they were touching. That was maybe a side effect of the touch, maybe not an ind- individual power that he can manifest. Maybe it is, maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah, so I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, three powers used independently together. Yeah, and it may be a side effect of him touching her. But he, like again, remember last week when you know she was like, "How are you doing this?" He's like, "I don't know." Are you? Like, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. Exactly. So it was kind of like it was this new thing that he was finding in himself, and. Yeah, maybe speed twitter got an update and that was one of the new, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah now they can spend a little bit more than 140 characters in the midst of this transaction but yeah <laughs> but it, it was it was nice to see kind of them being able to share that moment you know if, if you've seen some of the screenshots and set photos and custom art and things that are coming down the the pipeline for iris and her story i wonder if this intense connection that they're sharing on a super heroic level or at least a super powered level might have some ramifications they're not yet expecting with her specifically that's all i'll say about that without spoiling what's what's to come but all i can say is just you know it's on the internet it's not hard to to figure out if you want to know what's coming with her character yeah it's it's all over the place (laughs) yeah Yeah. so uh anyway so uh so that, that was great um you know, with Barry being in prison, uh, with everybody else kind of focused on the fact that he's in prison, it gives the opportunity for the elongated man for Ralph to step up. Uh, this episode, of course, he was the title character of this episode and is finally able to get a new costume. No longer does he look like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it looks like a condom. <laughs> can, uh, yeah. Can I, I say mean, that? I, I, mean, I don't know I, if I can I say that I would have said bubblegum, you know. Uh, to be more family friendly, fair, but fair know, enough. Whatever. We'll go with that one. He he, he looks like he's or, a bubblegum rapper. He, he he looks like bubblegum or chewing gum, I should say, from Coneheads, and and that that that's 
That's enough of a reference right there. Okay. Well, the, the, because that's both of our references combined. If you've seen Coneheads, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, there you go. I mean, like, it's not it's not the best suit. If he showed up on the scene, you would not assume he's the hero. You would assume he was there to do terrible, terrible things. And uh, but but he but he is. He's been trying to be the hero. He's been working hard. Uh, obviously, he's gotten used to his power set, and Cisco chooses to reward that, especially in the midst of the injury that he sustains from Trickster with a brand new costume. And there's so much to talk about with Elongated Man this episode, but one thing that really stood out to me is, dude, he has got on his like lapel a an emblem that I don't associate with the Elongated Man. It it actually looks like one of those like French flower things during the uh, the French Revolution. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it reminded me of the Firestorm Matrix that was on uh, Firestorm's outfit, nah, just like a nah. smaller version of that. See, that thing is huge. This thing had almost pedals. And I mean, to be fair, part of this is because I just recently watched Les Miserables, so like, that's on my mind. <laughs> Les Miserables? Les, Les Miserables. Yeah, I, I I saw that and immediately thought of, um, you know, I can't pronounce all of their French names, but, but I thought of the characters. Jean Valjean? No, 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 not him. What was the, the revolutionary kid? Like the young guys. Oh, oh, uh, can I remember? I, I can't recall either. But anyway, it reminds me of uh, if the, the kind of the flower thing that they wore. And so I wonder if there might have been some inspiration there. Potentially. I, I'm pulling up a picture because I don't remember exactly. No, Lauren I, is correcting us. Uh, the Fleur de Lis. Fleur de Lis. Oh, oh, oh. That's what you're talking about, a Fleur de Lis? Well, you're- and to be Mr. fair, Mr. Louisiana over here doesn't know what a Florida lease is called. Hey, hey, no, I do know what that because Florida lease is like the saint symbol, uh, although kind of flipped, if I'm not mistaken. But but that's if I'm assuming that this means that there's like a double symbol here, because what's on his lapel was not the the, you know, Louisiana, New Orleans, Florida lease. This was the is a flower. It looked like a gear. It, it's a gear with a yellow center. It's an odd choice, though, right? Because elongated man, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think elongated man ever had any kind of symbol like that. His symbol has always been in, like an E. I mean, I've I've never seen. It, I, I'm I'm looking at the red and black elongated man or elongated man uh, costume, and I don't see any like uh, emblems or anything on it okay. at all. Well, I, when he when he was purple and white and black, I think that's when he had kind of the the E symbol. Um, oh yeah. But, uh, but yeah, okay, so one way or the other, man, we got this new costume for him. What do you think? I like it. I think it looks cool. Um, like I said, I, I, it reminds me a lot of the throwback to uh, Ronnie's uh, Firestorm suit, I think. Uh, just, just you know, it's it's got that vibe to it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because, you know, vibe made it. But yeah, I, I think it, it reminds me a little bit of the, of the uh, uh, Ronnie's Firestorm uh, suit, and I, I think it looks good. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 a definite improvement from what's come before. Um, you know, they they keep on utilizing his power set in interesting ways. I almost wonder if one of the reasons why it took so long for him to get a costume is because of the fact that uh, it was easier to do a CGI one color stretch as opposed to having something that was textured. You know what? That's 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 a very good point, and I would bet that that could be why we didn't see anything until now. Uh, and it's probably also why the the costume is rather muted. You know, it 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 is a single sort of. It's got a purplish black, right? Yeah, it's purplish black. It's got some. It's got some uh, some black stripes on the shoulders and some uh, white meshy looking stripes on one side on the left hand side. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it looks like that's probably going to be maybe not as easy to animate as just the purple condom suit. But. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but it, it'll it'll be it'll be you know it will be harder to tell because it's a darker color and so that's probably working in their favor too i don't think he's long for this series i, I don't think he's long for this series i think actually the fact that he got a costume means that he's about to move on and uh I, to, to be honest i mean like i've it's been no secret here i have not been a fan of ralph uh, he's he's far from my favorite character from the show. And I got to tell you, man, even with the way that they brought him on this redemption path and kind of getting this mentee type of relationship to Barry. I mean, all right. So this episode, uh, he ends up in this scenario. He's injured. He realizes that he is mortal, that he is vulnerable. And so he needs a pep talk. He goes to try to uh, talk to Barry. Of course, Barry's in prison. So, you know, he had to stretch through 500 yards of filth. I can't even imagine. Well, <laughs> told you there'd be some more Shawshank in here. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so he stretches and himself. somehow came out even more heroic on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Just ready for the Barry and, uh, and elongated men to uh, meet up in Sewatanejo. But uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, he stretches out his, his head. And, you know, I, I will say this for the, the, the character and everything else. The, the power set, as goofy as it is, is fun for that reason, that he can just kind of stretch his head in. And I love the fact that that wacky element exists in this universe. But what I don't like is that Barry is having all of these really great moments with Ralph lately in this very mentor-mentee type of relationship that we never saw him have with Wally. You mentioned Wally earlier, man. And I got to tell you, this kind of stuff, these type of stories would be so much more impactful if they were happening between Barry and his actual sidekick, as opposed to this dude that I still do not see the reason why he's part of Team Flash. <laughs> like this should have been, you know, these, these could have been great scenarios for Wally to really step up and to really wrestle with things. Even just the concept of vulnerability. Like that's, you know, th that's a great storyline for Wally. And I'm not just, just saying a Wally. I'm saying this Wally, the Wally that we've had, the Wally that we got last season, the Wally that we spent all this time with, these would have been great moments. And I get it from kind of the, you know, the, the utility standpoint of, okay, well, we just have a bunch of speedsters, then it, they become overpowered and everything else. And then why does, why is Barry special? This is why this would have been special or this, how, this is how it could have been special when you treat the characters as characters as opposed to utility. And I feel like Wally always got stuck in this utility type role where he was just kind of a secondary flash or a greater flash or a lesser flash, but he was never allowed to be Wally West. He was never really allowed to be his own character beyond a couple of moments sprinkled here and there, but most of which happened off screen and with HR. Like this was the kind of story I would have liked to see with Wally, but we're getting it with Ralph, a character who on the flip side, I do not have this love and affection for <laughs> in fact, quite the opposite. So anyway, great moment. I just not a big fan that it happened here as opposed to maybe earlier in the series with a different character. I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it seems like Wally has a lot less room for growth because he is, he started out as as a as a moral good person. You know, uh, he always wanted to be a hero. He always wanted to take those strides. Barry just didn't let him. Right. Whereas Ralph is a scumbag. And the only reason where he was being why he was being heroic in the first place was because he thought he was invincible. The minute that he realizes he could be injured and that he could get in over his head, he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Wally, Wally didn't have that problem. Uh, Wally was was always wanting more responsibility and wanting to do more, and Barry was was not wanting to give it to him. Uh, so I don't know. It, it it's it seems like these kind of character growth moments work better for Dibney than they would for Wally, just because Dibney has so much more room to grow than Wally does. And not not saying that Wally doesn't have room to grow, but like you know, Wally is 
is a better person and a better hero already than Dibney is right now. All right. I mean, like, I just agree to disagree, really, when it comes down to it. But uh, I I do hear what you're saying. Now, you know, even though Dibney is kind of stepping up, that the team is treating him as the temporary A-team, despite everything, despite all the reasons to the contrary, uh, Cisco and Caitlin have been holding down the B-team. Now, man, this episode, we got a continuation of what I think is probably maybe too long of a running joke. Let's shout at Caitlyn, turn her into Killer Frost. And I think it's actually kind of diminishing both Killer Frost and Caitlyn. Yeah, it seemed like it's it's this episode as a whole is just really campy in a lot of different spots. And sometimes that camp just fell flat. Well, sometimes Um, it works really well. But yeah, sometimes it does fall flat. And this this is definitely one of them. No, there's been episodes of Flash where the camp has has run is it's worked perfectly. And then. There was this episode where, in some instances, it was great, and in some instances, it just was just bleh. And yeah, it, it seems like I'm not scared of Killer Frost anymore. I'm not worried about Killer Frost hurting anybody on the team or hurting any innocents or working. She got a credit card. Yeah, she, she yeah she's got she's yeah. got a she's got a mocha named after her. Well, not a mocha, but she got an ice. She's got a coffee drink named after her. Well, I mean that, that's nothing she could control. I mean, she has on. inside jokes with the rest of the team. Like there's all this like off screen development that apparently has happened with Killer Frost. Well, you're right. She's been, you know, kind of reduced to, you know, mildly goth frost. Like she's not, she's not killer frost. No, she's emo frost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Emo frost or goth frost. Yeah. It's just, you know, she, she's this, uh, I'm just, oh, I'm going to talk about how I would kill this person in this situation, but you're not, we but, know but you're, you're not. not. Is, yeah. You're, yeah. And so like all, all the bite ha- has been taken out of her frost. Get Which, it? <laughs> Frostbite. Yeah, I, I got it. Uh, I, I do. <laughs> I get the challenge, right? You got a lot of characters on this show. I mean, it's the beauty of it. You know, when when that's the case, I mean, you, you, you need to kind of, you know, shave off some characters here and there so that others get a chance to really get their their moment in the sun and, and really get the, the full development. You know, we've seen Joe take a backseat a lot this season so that the younger characters can kind of take, you know, g- get their chance to advance. And it makes sense, especially with his relationship being kind of steady. And also the kind of the, the fear factor is no longer in his story. So, you know, I think even though we haven't got as much Joe focus, it makes sense that he would be a little bit more of a support character at the moment and and, and be that kind of father figure to the team and allow them to kind of step up in their own right. Uh, but somebody like Caitlin, who has a lot going on right now, I mean, a ton going on right now. She's got this whole evil side organization that's been after her. She's got this multi-personality that has become kind of a joke and kind of a punchline. And it 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 has been funny but it's become a little too funny. And so I, I think there's, I mean, there's, there's time here. There's, there's a chance to walk it back. Obviously the season is far from over and I'm sure that she will get her time in the sun, uh, hopefully not melt in the sun, but get her time to actually uh, shine very much and, and very soon. But yeah, I just, I have not, you know, I'd almost rather just Caitlin being back on a computer as opposed to killer frost being kind of introduced and reduced to a joke for two seconds of the episode. Um, let Caitlyn shine. Like it doesn't have to be Killer Frost. We need, you know, we need Frost to show up, freeze one guy, and then got get knocked out. Like that's that. It, it makes that character feel and seem weak. Yeah, I just gotta, I gotta throw this out there. The real Green Arrow in the chat wrote, "She's Kylo Frost." <laughs> <laughs> no, but Kylo Fro- Kylo Ren is terrifying. Killer Frost at this moment is not. And there, no, there you know, the there's there's the emo Kylo Ren. You know, oh my gosh, is there emo and- Killer Frost? Can we make that a thing? Emo Frost. Emo. Start a Twitter handle. I'm just gonna. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna. Do I'm that. just gonna Photoshop some like black eyeliner on her. And that's that's actually a brilliant idea. 
if, if it hasn't been taken by the end of this podcast i'm totally making that that's hilarious <laughs> yeah because they, they yeah they have an e- emo kylo ren twitter will be like emo killer frost twitter i say we do it i think that's great i think it makes a lot of sense um but anyway yeah so that, that's just those those are kind of my my two i guess negative things about this episode is that you know i i do i do love kind of the exchange and what i'm seeing with barry and with ralph i just I, it makes me kind of pine for the fact that it never really happened with wally and killer frost being reduced to a punchline is is unfortunate but I do think that that's just for the moment, and I do understand they've got a lot of characters. And besides, you got to focus on what's important, man. Like all powerful, almighty Bebo, all praises be his name, and blessings be upon him. <laughs> Happy Bebo Day, by the way. Uh, is it Bebo Day? Well, no. I mean, it was you know a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. Actually, yeah. a, a, a month tomorrow, <laughs> or tomorrow will be a month a month away from uh, Bebo Day. Now, Bell, for those that are not watching Legends of Tomorrow, they might not realize why that little blue Furby looking thing was imp- <laughs> was significantly kind of a, a meta joke. Uh, Bebo was a, a a pretty pretty key factor on uh, Legends of Tomorrow recently, right? Yeah, so think uh, Tickle Me Elmo in the 90s. Remember how it was like this crazy, you know, everybody had to get a Tickle Me Elmo. Uh, well, one of those accidentally got sent back in time with Martin Stein from the 90s. And the Vikings got a hold of it as they uh, when they were because uh, the Vikings, you know, first discovered North America, decided that they uh, didn't want to conquer it and then left. Uh, this is way before Columbus came over. And so Bebo comes down there and. uh they they interpret his speech as like this manifest destiny to conquer all of north america and so they had bebo the war god so bebo's like bebo's hungry and like they would say oh this means bebo wants blood we must conquer the world (laughs) and (laughs) yeah so it's a great little inside joke there i loved it uh but yes so and, and one of the things was is you know bebo instead of christmas it was Bebo Day and stuff Brilliant. like that. So. Well, so for, for the record, uh, Bebo is the reason why Legends of Tomorrow now holds very, very high place in my heart. <laughs> like it totally turned well, it, around. It's, my, it's a great show. <laughs> it turned around my thoughts on that series. So if you've not seen that episode, you need to go check it out. And yeah, check out Legends of Tomorrow, the series, as well as Legends TV Talk, the podcast of which Bell is a, uh, a host of. Uh, and uh, yeah. Man, uh, so overall, this is this is a really great episode. I mean, I, yes, it, it did have kind of moments that fell flat, but I feel like the moments, the the high moments, really outweighed uh, the moments that fell flat. Uh it was about fifty fifty for me, honestly. Oh, right? like, yeah, it it because yeah, Trickster uh was was like super camp, and and a lot of the stuff of that storyline, like all oh, this super crazy molecular acid that dissolves stuff like predator blood, except for the chair that Bebo's sitting in, and just like you know, just weird stuff like that. <laughs> uh, here comes the science. Uh, well, it's not just it's it's just it's attention to detail. <laughs> no, I mean I did I thought about the fact of the acid like hitting uh, uh, Ralph's back and you know rolling off of him because I guess super suit, but then it fell on the floor, and then shouldn't it have melted the floor underneath them since they were on a stage and fall through? But you know, I wasn't going to be picky. No, no, Harry, Harry deactivated the, or, or he uh, neutralized the acid before oh, it came out of the pipe. I, I missed that. I thought it was the super suit. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I thought so too. And until she said, "Oh, what happened? Did, did you know? <laughs> did you? Did is this a super suit?" And, and Harry's like, "No, I got it." And so he neutralized the acid before it came out of the thing. Yeah. Speaking, so it's, speaking it's a sacrificial of, uh, action. Speaking of uh, characters who have taken a back seat for other people to have development, Harry was also in this episode. Uh, all right, man. So at the end, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So at the end, you know, it was a you know a nice happy moment. Everything's going well, you know, despite the fact that people are in prison and everything. Uh, and we get Ralph and uh, Cisco chilling out, getting a cup of Joe. Uh, 
uh, not knowing how they're going to pay for it. And all of a sudden we see a familiar face pop up to uh, cover the bill in that of this mysterious young lady who is, um, you know, she's, she's uh, goofy. She seems awkward. She wants to be there. She seems almost starstruck by the people that she's around. There's a lot of questions on who this person is, and that's going to bring us into speedster speculation. Bell. Now this of course being the character, uh, the, the, the young waitress from Barry and Iris's wedding. Uh, now, for those that missed that episode, Bell and I have both speculated, and I think we're unified on this, that who we believe this to be is Don Allen. Uh, Bell, are, are we agreed on that? Uh, sure. I mean, until I see evidence. She introduced herself as Don. Yeah. I, I, until I see evidence to the contrary, I'm going to think that that's Don Allen. So this this is it, man. I, I, we're, we, we believe strongly that, that what we're seeing in this character is, you know, in fact, actually somebody tweeted me they're like who is this you know what, what's going on i was like i mean you you don't see the family resemblance you know it's got, she's 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 got her uh her daddy's social skills and her mama's good looks like, like <laughs> you know all that in a stack of comic books like you, you don't you don't see who this is <laughs> it's clearly don allen now there are some other theories out there that perhaps this is a uh longer uh allen uh, uh descendant that uh, perhaps she could be like the the great great granddaughter if i'm not mistaken or, or perhaps even uh, further down into the timeline but i i feel pretty strongly that this is dawn now she has been here i think it's safe to assume since the wedding if not before she's taking notes in her journal and it's in a font <laughs> a language that is very similar to what we've seen before because of course it is the same language that barry was drawing on the whiteboard once he came out of the speed force bell i uh, with the continued assumption that this is Don Allen, what what's her deal? What is she doing here in the present? I don't know for sure. I think she I think she might be um uh kind of like you know you know what was it? It was Young Justice season season two uh, season two. You're, you're talking of course about the uh, introduction of Bart Allen. Yeah, Bart Allen says that he's a, a, a time traveling tourist, which is a lie, you know. Uh, but he says he's coming back in time to like check it out and see what it was like. I think maybe that's what she's doing. She wants to check out. And just see, you know, what Barry and, and Iris were like when they got married, what early days of Team Flash was like before, you know, he became this cemented, you know, superhero in his own right. And uh, just kind of like, you know, check out the early days. And I, I think she's I think she's here just just for that, because you see how starstruck she is when she's talking to these people. And it's not like the, I don't get the sense she's on a mission that she's trying to do something specifically other than just journal about her experiences visiting her, you know, you, you know, visiting Barry and, and Iris and, and Team Flash at this point in history. And I also think, though, that because uh, the thinker has, has thought about everything, right? Mm. I don't think he's thought about her. I mm. think that's I think that's that's the trump card. Oh, that word is tainted. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's a good thought. I hadn't thought about the fact that maybe someone from the future throws off thinker's thinking. Yeah, because thinker he doesn't know. I'm I'm I mean I'm assuming that maybe he doesn't know anything about Barry's time travel. They haven't mentioned anything that he does. He knows a lot about everything else and like Barry's power set and stuff like that. Because he he tried to uh, you know contain him in the speed force, but I'm I'm think or contain him in the force field thing uh, in his little underground lab, but I'm thinking that maybe he doesn't know about Speedster's ability to time travel, and though so so Dawn is going to end up being a pivotal piece in how Team Flash is going to end up uh, defeating the Trickster. I think interesting. Okay, so so good good theory, and honestly, that's that's a that's a great theory. I, I had not thought about that, but you're exactly right. So here's where I'm going with it. 
So she is from the future. Now, now, if she's not Don Allen, and if she is from a distant future, we do have somebody else from the distant future who is also rolling around in the present in the form of Eobard Thawne. My, my, my safety, my go-to for speedster speculation. Uh, take a shot if you had Bo was going to mention Eobard Thawne as part of speed, speedster speculation. And if not, maybe that should be a new drinking game. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm wondering, man, if maybe she needs to recruit her father for a mission that takes place in her future. I'm one, like the fact that we're seeing Dawn and again, we're making that assumption, right? It it may not be Dawn, but if it is Dawn Allen, Dawn from the comics is a twin. She has a twin brother named Don a little bit confusing because the pronunciation Dawn and Don. So her brother not being here might be an indication that perhaps she needs to recruit her father to go save her brother either in the present or maybe he's been kidnapped and brought to the past, which is the present. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of thoughts here, but I think it may have something to do with her brother. The fact that she's here and her brother is not, I think may mean that she needs help saving her brother. Now it may be that she needs to recruit her father. It may be that she wants to recruit somebody else within her family, especially again, not to tip the bean can here, the, (laughs) the images and the promotional material that has come out for what's going on with her mama. Yeah, no, I I think that that sounds like it could be uh it could be the case. But if it was, I would think she might have made her move. I mean, I don't know. You you gotta you gotta think you got an entire rest of the season you gotta deal with and stuff. But um, that is a good point. We see Dawn, or we see Dawn, <laughs> but not Dawn. And being from the South, those two are going to merge together. And I might have to say, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know how we're going to handle this but like if you get confused uh <laughs> well and that that might be that might be why they you know but that might be why we're only dealing with one of the twins. Uh it it could be actually, you know, I mean obviously we know that uh, Joe uh is about to be a father again. That's a that's a story that's kind of been tucked away at the moment. But um you know, it it could actually be that instead of Dawn, uh if they do have a twins, perhaps the twin boy, boy would actually be named Joe. They they might actually name this interpretation of John, Don Joe after Joe West. You know what I mean? Like if Barry and Iris had a son, they would almost have to name him Joe, right? Maybe Joe Henry Allen. Or Henry Joe Allen. Joe Henry sounds like it, it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. It does. I, I, so we'll see. We'll see. But one way or the other, I'm saying that whatever the situation is, if that's Don Allen, then it has to do with her brother. She's here to recruit some help to go and save the day. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's interesting. That could, could possibly be it. But I'm going to think- be really disappointed if she's not Don. Like if they go the route that she's actually from a distant future, because I mean, like the starstruck thing, you know, you think about Eobard from a couple episodes back in the in the flashback when he meets the uh, the thinker for the first time, and he gets starstruck. You know, he's like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a big fan." <laughs> like you know, there's there's that great one of the best moments in my opinion of the series so far is is that exchange between the two of them. So we do see characters from the distant future getting a little starstruck in the present, or you know, being in the presence of the villains of the present or the characters from the present. But there was just something about the way that she looked at Barry during the wedding, and I was like, "Man, like," and you know. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a dad. So like, you know, seeing seeing a daughter look at her father that way, like it speaks to me internally. It like it it just makes me feel happy and kind of gets me emotional. It makes me tear up a little bit, especially if you go into the assumption that perhaps she never even knew who Barry was. If Barry did disappear in this 
crisis sometime when she was at a very young age or perhaps not even born, then that might've been the first time that she ever laid eyes on her own father, which would make for some really compelling character building and some amazing yeah. storytelling. Yeah, it could be, it could be interesting, but I, I don't know. I, I'm still kind of going the, the, the far future time traveler kind of route. We'll see. We'll, we will see what we will see, but um, yeah, that's our theories. We'd love to hear yours. Uh, so send those into us and uh, yeah, let us know who you think this mysterious time traveler I guess we're even making the assumption that she's a time traveler, but come on. She's an Alan. She's an Alan. Yeah. Hi, this is John Wesley Shipp, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. Hold on. Hi, man. We got some listener feedback in, and actually we got some great thoughts about this particular episode uh, on the Twitters, man. Uh, let's see. What did some of the tweets that we got? We got Lauren. We got Christy. What do they have to say? Well, uh, Lauren writes the tone was all over the place and Ralph continues to be insufferable, but maybe Don Allen seems sweet. Yeah, I agree. The tone was everywhere. Uh, I I'm okay with Ralph. I'm not, you know, I, I know, I know you're not. And, <laughs> and I'm just glad that he's getting better. Like he was definitely insufferable and he definitely needs some more development to make him not completely a douche, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get to see that here soon. And then uh, Christy writes, I love that they gave Ralph some depth and complexity. His stretchy prison talk with Barry was fantastic. The trickster's son and wife are not a suitable replacement for Mark Hamill. And I wish that Iris had more to do than cheerleading the team from Star Labs. I, I agree. Like, I, I didn't really. The trickster's son and wife are definitely no Mark Hamill. It would be great to see Mark Hamill back and maybe have a trickster family thing so he could actually, like, you know, run the show and do a better job than, than, than they did. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like the prison talk. Uh, and, and Christy, you know. If, if you've been on the internet and you've seen those internet rumor things, which I will not discuss because they're very spoilery. Very uh, spoilery. Iris. Yeah. Uh, you, you're you're going to be happy about Iris. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, she's got some stuff going on. Shout out to Lauren blue and Christy Mitchell for providing that over on uh, Twitter. We also got an email in from uh, Brett Adams who says, I love the show. Flash has become one of my favorite TV shows, but I was never a comic book fan in the traditional sense. Uh, he says he's much more of a movie TV person, but that he is really enjoying our podcast and to please keep up the good work. So thank you, Brett. Yeah, we appreciate that. Also on iTunes, we got a review in from Collier9. What did Collier have to say? Uh, they write, love this podcast. I listen to this podcast and many other podcasts when I do my homework uh, and work every time I get a notification that there's a new podcast, I get very happy. Well, we're very happy that you listened to us and we appreciate the uh, positive review. Thank you. Absolutely. Look, we, we try to uh, do our best to put forth a professional podcast for you, for you guys and gals out there. Uh, you know, and sometimes that, that involves a little bit of shenanigans along the way. I know that uh, the last couple of episodes, we've been a little bit more jokey and hokey than usual. So uh, we, we've gotten some of your feedback. You want us to maintain a, a good professional podcast. We want to maintain that for you as well. But for those of you that do enjoy some of the more jokey type shenanigans, uh, be sure to consider uh, contributing to this podcast by joining us over at patreon.com slash TV talk for just a dollar an episode that uh, gives you some great rewards, including a uh, specialty shenanigans episode that are exclusive to you. So what ends up on the cutting room floor? What do you like? Uh, the, or maybe you don't like it, but what, what, uh, what kind of fun stuff does do Bell and I get up to during the show before and after uh, find out by becoming a patron again that's patreon.com slash tv talk also we are moving our hosting client by the way i probably should have mentioned this at the top of the show i definitely will next episode but we've been moving our uh in the process of moving our hosting client uh we've been i mean this is kind of technical but we've been on bluehost we're moving to uh fireside and uh in the process that means that a new rss feed goes up in the place of this one hopefully that means that if you're listening to this 
uh, then it has caused no problems and everything is is great. In which case, um, just <laughs> I guess just an FYI. But, uh, but if you are having issues or if you don't get next episode on time, uh, just do a refresh. Uh, head over to iTunes or your po- podcast player of, of preference and resubscribe to the show. And that will ensure that you get the latest and greatest. Of course, if you are supporting us through Patreon, you get an update with a direct link to all the episodes as soon as they go out. And big ups to everyone that does. Also, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. You can also follow me. I'm at the real Bo York or Bell at Ring That Bell. And if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news, daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And special thanks, as always, to Charlie Bach, who provides our awesome outro music. You can check out the rest of his sweet stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. All right, and again, we are a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Join dctvtalk.com for all your DC TV podcasting needs. Shout out to all the folks over there, and shout out to you for shouting them out as well. Let them know that you have found them through dctvtalk.com, and you heard about them here on Flash TV Talk. So until next time, we'll be back in a flash. <laughs> <laughs>